Hello, and welcome to episode 79 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Last week, I talked about how the first thing you should do when you start job hunting is to understand your talents and how they show up at work so you can reflect them in your resume, cover letter, and during interviews. This week, I want to continue my focus on job searches and talk about why you should be selective when it comes to applying for jobs. If you've been applying everywhere without much success, or if you think that more applications means a better shot at getting an interview, stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkey. The podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Okay, so why shouldn't you apply for anything that sounds good? I mean, after all, if you apply for five jobs, at best, you could only get five interviews. But if you apply for 50 jobs, you could potentially get way more, right? Eh, not so much. When you're applying for anything that sounds good, my guess is you're not doing a very detailed assessment of each job description. Why is that my guess? Because unless your full-time job is looking for a job, you straight up don't have time. And if you're not paying attention to the details in that job description, I can guarantee you're not applying for jobs that would be a good fit for you. Sure, a few may accidentally be a good fit just based on the law of averages. But if you're not taking the time to customize your resume, cover letter, and interview questions, you probably won't stand out as a great fit to potential employers. Let me unpack that a little bit more. You have limited time and energy, especially if the reason you want to leave your current job is because it's stressing or burning you out. On top of that, most people find job searching stressful and time-consuming. And it's just stressful if you're scanning job descriptions to see if anything seems good, copying and pasting new info into that cover level letter, and going through whatever their application process is. But in addition to focusing on your talents, like we talked about last week, your cover letter, your resume should be customized for each job. And I'm talking about matching your experience to the job responsibilities, making sure your resume mirrors the language used in the job description, and doing research on the company so you can both use the same terminology they use and to specifically say why you would be a great fit at their company. If you're applying for everything, that's not going to happen. You're going to, by necessity, start putting out a general letter and resume. Again, with some fancy cutting and pasting, and fingers crossed, you don't forget to change the title or company from that last job you applied for. And that's going to decrease the quality of both. Also going to mean the chances of you being picked for an interview are less. 
And if you're applying for multiple jobs at the same institution, using the same resume and basic cover letter, it's going to be even more noticeable. You also need to look at each job description thoroughly because you might not be as qualified as you think, at least not from their perspective. It's easy enough to skim and think, I could do that. But if you don't meet at least 60% of the job requirements, you're going to be ignored. Actually, you might not be ignored, but rather annoy the folks who are screening applicants. One of HR's pet peeves is getting resumes from folks with little direct or transferable experience. That means if you decide to apply for another job at that same institution and they remember you, you're probably not going to be picked even if you are qualified this time. Another reason you shouldn't just apply for everything you find or think that you could do is because being able to do something and being fulfilled doing that thing day after day are two separate things. What I'm talking about is fit. I went into quite a bit of detail last week talking about why understanding your talents and how they show up for you at work is important. Ultimately, it comes down to whether the job and the company are aligned with your talents. I don't want to rehash everything that we did last week, but your talents have different needs and values. And if they don't get what they need with that company or job, you're not going to be happy there. I can remember sitting in an interview, which I was excited to get, and just based on their questions, I knew it was never going to work out. But I wasted my time and theirs because I didn't spend the time I should have evaluating the job description because it was all there. When you scan job descriptions and don't look at how those responsibilities connect to your talents, you're missing important information. When you don't take the time to investigate the employer before you apply, versus right before your interview, so it sounds like you researched the company, you can't find out whether their culture or values are a good fit for you. Again, all of this takes time, so if you're focused on quantity over quality, you're going to be wasting your time and energy applying for things that aren't even the right fit for you. As I mentioned earlier, job searching is stressful. Most of us just want to get it over with so we can go to our fancy new job. Just searching through listings and filling out applications can be physically and mentally exhausting, but it can also be emotionally exhausting. The more jobs you apply for, the more rejections you're going to get, especially if you're not customizing your resume, cover letter, and interview answers in a way that highlights how your talents and the job responsibilities are aligned. It hurts when you get rejected after you get an interview, but it hurts just as much when people don't contact you for an interview at all. It can be a blow to your self-esteem to think that so many other people must be better than you. But what's really happening is that you're not selecting the right jobs to apply for, and you're not communicating who you are in a way that catches their attention. When you ignore how the job requirements mesh with who you are as a person, or whether the company culture is a good fit for you, you're missing out on some red flags for you personally. Now, those things take work and self-reflection to identify, like we talked about last week. 
but they aren't the only things that you miss out on when you're focused over quantity over quality. There's some general red flags you should be on the lookout for as you're more carefully analyzing job descriptions. Let's just talk about a few common ones. Let's start with the list of job responsibilities. If the job description is too vague or if it has too many responsibilities, that's a red flag. The first one usually means that they aren't really sure what the person is going to do. Maybe it's a completely new job. That means you'll probably lack direction from your supervisor, and it's going to be stressful figuring out what you're supposed to be doing. It could also mean you'll end up doing way too much since the role is so ill-defined. The second one often indicates that this role is doing the job of several other positions. I think we've all seen at our own institutions how bad this can get, because budgets are tight. When folks leave their job, those responsibilities just get divided amongst whoever's left, and this can happen multiple times. If that's why you're leaving, you don't want to walk into that exact same situation somewhere else. Another thing you might miss if you're just skimming is whether a position keeps getting reposted. This is a red flag for a few possible reasons. It could be that they do hire folks, and because of the workload, the direct supervisor, or some other problems, those people leave quickly. Or it could be they're having trouble filling the position altogether. And that could be because the salary is way too low, or because it's not until the interview process that candidates realize how much this person would really be responsible for. Either way, it's a problem. Another red flag is if the salary range isn't listed. Yes, another pet peeve of HR folks is when applicants call and ask for the salary before they apply or are even chosen for an interview. But if they can't be transparent about the salary range, it usually means they don't want to scare off applicants because it's so low. I've heard stories from multiple people about how they would apply and interview for a position only to find out that the salary was so far below what they ever would have accepted. And if they'd known, they never would have bothered applying at all. It makes sense that they can't tell you exactly what your salary would be in a job description, but if they can't even give you a ballpark range, save yourself the frustration. I want to touch on one more red flag before we wrap up. You want to do more than a skim on those job descriptions so you don't miss important red flags about work-life balance. If the job description overemphasizes flexibility, that's a sign you're walking into a chaotic mess. Look out for phrases like fast-paced environment, highly motivated, wears multiple hats, or we're like a family. We're used to talking about wearing many hats in higher ed, But that's taken on a completely new meaning these days. Again, as people get more and more responsibilities as other people leave. And all of these terms usually equal you running around trying to do too much with too few resources. And since we're like a family, there's going to be expectations for you to give and give for the good of the family. That means working late, taking things home, or anything else the family needs to survive. Even if it might have seemed like a good fit based on the job responsibilities, if you're being asked to sacrifice your personal life or well-being, it's not going to be a good environment for you. 
Okay. So hopefully I've convinced you that being more selective when you're applying for jobs is better than blanketing employers with general applications that don't really showcase who you are or what you bring to the table. Again, focusing on those talents. By all means, apply to as many jobs that you find that are truly a good fit for you. But until you've done the work to find out, don't apply. The price is your time, energy, well-being, and perhaps the most expensive of all, getting a job that turns out to be a bad fit. And if you're changing jobs because the one you have now is burning you out, the last thing you want is to end up in one that's as bad or worse than the one you have now. If you want more information about how to get the job that's right for you, we're doing a free webinar, Getting Your Dream Job, colon, Using Your Strengths to Nail Your Interview, next Monday, February 14th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. There's a link to register in the episode summary. You can also go to our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org, and click on the pop-up. If you already have a commitment at that time, we'll be sending out a replay so you can play it on demand through the end of February. But we will choose one of the live participants to win a free interview coaching session that includes a code to take your Clifton Strengths assessment. So if you're job hunting, register for our free webinar. And until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, 
www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.